Welcome back to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And before we go any further, Tyler, I think it's important that our listeners know that from now on, Sideline Judgment is officially a bi-coastal podcast. Can we get a round of applause for this? A little round of applause, Tyler. My round of applause will be three hours behind yours, but um, <laughs> it's the ultimate. It's the natural echo, the natural delay that we're putting on the pod. <laughs> now we can just excuse the, the time difference. Um, exactly. Now we can. That's a new excuse, ladies and gentlemen, for late yep. editing on my part. I can't wait. Um, yep. No, Tyler's out in L.A. Congrats, my guy. Yes, I am living in North Hollywood. Um, Look at you. it up in with, you know, no job <laughs> for, <laughs> um, now. For, for now, for now, for now. Yeah, for now, into existence. but yeah, no, it's been it's been fun. It was uh, it was a nice it was a relatively painless move relatively. I mean, when we were moving out of Florida, um, our apartment in Florida, me and my roommate, our our air conditioner broke um, while we were moving out in the May in Florida. You know what that was? That was Florida smacking you in the face saying, you think you're better than me, huh? You want to leave? Yeah, you want to go away to, to sunny California? You, you can't take this humidity anymore, huh, Tyler? Who are you? I thought we were friends. That's what Florida said, dude. I think, yeah, I think it was just trying to give me the full experience right before I left. It was, it was just <laughs> like, you know, on your way out, I'm going to hit you with all of that. Because, like, I'm out here yeah. in L.A. and I don't, be, I don't mean to be reductive or stand from a – holier than now perspective but there's they put a heat wave out here for like 90 degree temperatures they put like a heat wave advisory oh that's like hey be careful it's 90 degrees yeah for like a high of 96 and i feel in this dry ass climate like i was gonna say because it's not even humid out there well you know sergio it's not the heat that kills you it's the humidity thank Um, you all right that is a true floridian you're you're, there's still a little floridian in you tyler i love to see that i mean like me me and my have already like there was a heat wave warning. We walked outside. He walked for like a mile. It came back. It's like, I didn't even sweat. Like, <laughs> like it's fine, dude. You're good. Like, I really, I hate to be reductive, but I feel really, I feel much, much better than all these people about. I mean, I do miss <laughs> the sound of rain. Ah, like, the sound of rain. Yes. An East Coast tradition like no other. Um, but Tyler, that's not the tradition that we're going to talk about today. See what no. I did there? Beautiful transitions. Amazing. We're going to talk about a new tradition that the college football playoff committee will be Im- implementing relatively soon. Tyler, this is a big deal. The college football playoff committee has recommended that they expand from a four-person, pl- uh, four-team playoff rather, to a 12-team playoff. Not six, not eight, but 12, tripling the size of the teams in the college football playoff. Now, Tyler, before we go into it, I do want to go ahead and read and give a bit some specifics released from the official college football playoff website. All right. It says that a subgroup of college football playoff management committee today, this was on June 10th. We are currently recording on June 17th, um, presented a proposal to change the current 14 format to a 12 team event. They go on to say a bunch of different things. The four members of the working group were the big 12 commissioner the SEC commissioner, the Mountain West commissioner, and the Notre Dame athletic director. Uh, We will talk about Notre Dame in a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, Today, actually, June 17th and tomorrow, June 18th, um, they are presenting this to what is being called the management committee, right? The management committee consists of 11 members. That is the one university president from each conference. So, for example, in the Big Ten – it is Eric Barron, who is the president of Penn State, and for the conference we call home, the SEC, it is Mark Keenum, who is the Mississippi State president, and the president of Notre Dame. That's what makes up the 11, uh, the 11 members that decide on this. What they are proposing, and if we have learned anything from college football press releases, is that they don't tell us in things unless they're pretty certain that that will happen. They wouldn't, yeah, no, they wouldn't be like, we're going to try to do this and then it fall flat on its face. Of course, like, right. That's not something that they do. So we know that this is this is what's going to happen. These more than likely, committees this is, this is are the just kind of formalities at this point. Yeah. So what they're saying is that we will go from four teams to 12 teams. The first four seeds, seeds one through four, will consist of the top four conference champions according to um, the playoff committee's ranking systems, they will get a buy. Now, there is a 
uh, segment that is involved here where the top six conference champions will be automatically eligible for the postseason tournament, and then it will be six at-large teams. So we've gone from four at-large teams that there is no on paper. Whatever they feel like. Exactly. There's no on paper qualifications for. We have gone to six of those spots, and then the other six spots are reserved for the top six conference champions. I want to emphasize that it's six. Now, the top four of those conference champions. (laughs) The top four of those conference champions are going to receive a bye. And then we're going to get the first round of games will take place on campus sometime during the two week period after the conference championship games. And then as of now, the quarterfinals will be played on January 1st or 2nd um, based on an adjacent day. And then the semifinals and the championship games are going to be determined later on after that. But they do emphasize that the semifinals likely will not be played as a doubleheader, meaning like one neutral site and then the two games just go back to back or how we see it now where we get, you know, the Rose Bowl at five and then the Sugar Bowl at eight or nine mm-hmm. o'clock is are the two like doubleheaders in that sense. They want to make them events. So that's just kind of the basicness of it. Tyler. I want to know what was your immediate reaction to this announcement? Um, well, just, it was just, I mean, immediate reaction was shock just because it's just like, Oh, there it's, it's a thing. Like it's happening. It's not because, yeah, I mean, we have talked and I know I always said like, it'll be expanded because why? Cause there's money to be made and mm-hmm. you know that that's really what matters. Like, but it was, it was still shocking to hear that it was happening. I was shocked that they forewent, they forego, before go to the eight team playoff because mm-hmm. that was what everybody kind of assumed that was going to happen right and i will say upon like thinking about it the one thing that i do really like about uh, my immediate reaction to liking the 12 team um my immediate reaction is that like i do like a bye week i've actually come to like the idea of a bye week because okay. it it does mean that the regular season matters mm-hmm. and, and that the conference championship matters you know right. in this in the sense that you will get a week off. You will get to play one last game if you are better. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was something that wasn't really mattering, you know? Right. And it was wor- it was a worry about going to eight because then you're always just going to, like what it does, The re- every time you expand the playoff, it's like the, the regular season means a little less and less, mm-hmm. which I understand. Um, but adding a bye does, as we see in the NFL and other professional sports at the time, adding a buy does give you a little bit of like a buffer or an incentive. Um, and I do like they are rewarding conference champions. I will say I've thought about it and I mean, one of my reactions was it seems kind of weird that the top four seeds don't get to play a home game. Like, yeah, that was something that, that took me aback as well, that the top four I seeds like don't have a, a home fan. Game. I feel like as a fan, you should want your team to have the number five seed because you get to go play a home playoff game, but you still get to play right. like the 12 seed. And then you get to like, 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 yeah, for the team you want, like the one, obviously, because you obviously want the one seed. But like, I mean, as a fan, I'd be like, selfishly, if we had the five seed, it would probably be like the best situation. Like, um, yeah, like it would be fun for us as Gator fans. Like they did a whole, like someone on Twitter blew out like what it would have been this past season. Iowa State would have come to Gainesville. Like, Dude, not only, first of all, Tyler, I, I Tyler, like, settle down. I know, like, don't get too excited over there, oh. all right, my guy? And, t- oh. and t- please, whew, slow it down. No, but like, th- those are exciting things to, to look after. I-, I think my immediate reaction was, I think my, when I got the alert, I thought, oh, I don't like that. Because I was very much in favor of eight teams, Power Five Conference champions get in, top ranked group of five champion and, and then um, two at-large. and then two out largest because for me that still gave you your second sec team or maybe your second um big 10, big team, 10 yeah. team or something you know like or notre dame or, or notre dame we'll get to the notre dame <laughs> section of this in a bit god this freaking catholics anyway i i say as i say as a catholic as a practicing <laughs> catholic i say right um a product of catholic school if you will no, but yeah. I, that's what I was proposing. And then when I looked into it and I realized, oh, okay, while this brings in more teams than I would have originally intended, 
I like this solution better. Most, more specifically, I like the fact that the top six conference champions are guaranteed to be in. Tyler, I like that. That, that not only gives you your SEC, your Big Ten conference champions, ACC conference champion, and Big 12 conference champion, you get the option of two other ones, right? We can kind of say right now that those are the top four conferences in college football, SEC, Big yeah. Ten, um, Big 12, and ACC, right? Hey, buddy. Those, Hey, buddy, you put some respect in the Pac-12. I have the Pac-12 network now. Uh, oh, um, congratulations. You, you and I 17 other people. I don't have a single other sports network, but I get the Pac-12 network. <laughs> you watch your no, mouth. But, <laughs> but, my, but my point is that it allows for more accessibility for the group of five teams. And we have been advocating – or I don't know if we – I'm going to speak for myself and say I have been advocating for more inclusivity <laughs> in college football. I wanted so the undefeated. No, it's cool. It's <laughs> well, true. I don't want to speak for you. I don't want to speak for you when I, I can't. I mean, it's I. I have I go. I always flip back and forth between it because I'm like, yeah, they're getting yes. screwed and they should not be screwed. But then at some certain times, I'm just like, yeah, but you can't tell me these these conferences play a better schedule. Than. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. I actually I love in this setup. I think this will be great for the the group five, like because I even think so too. They, and I, I think feel like they could they could find a way to screw a team out of it, screw a group of five team that deserved it out of an eight team spot. Depending on the the year, it's going to be really freaking hard if there's a group of five team that deserves it to be. Well, it's impossible because it's top six conference champions, and so like it's right, the exactly. best of the it's the best conference champion of the group of five, like. So you're guaranteed to get one of the group of five conference champions in. Yeah. But then in a year like last year, and I understand COVID schedules, all that stuff. But in a year like last year, you would have gotten both Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina into this playoff. That That's a big deal, you know, that that's you can huge. go ahead. So at a minimum, you get at least one group of five team. You would have gotten that powerhouse 2017 UCF team powerhouse at the group of five level. I want I don't want anyone to come and slander me. You know, that powerhouse UCF team, you would have gotten the fantastic Luke Fickle um, Cincinnati oh. team. We saw what would have happened this past year. This past year, Georgia would have pl Georgia played Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl, and it took until the end of the game. Like it was a close game throughout. Imagine in that in the scenario, Georgia would have to travel up to Cincinnati and play Cincinnati in Cincinnati. That definitely can swing a game. That'd, That'd be, be incredible. Dope. You get these matchups that you wouldn't have norm normally gotten. Now, I understand that 12 teams is a lot more. And yeah. I just really real quick want to push back. I've been doing a lot of reading and a lot of listening about this topic over the past week in preparation for this uh, special episode that we're putting out. And I am very tired of the narrative of participation trophies because Me too. participation trophies means we're going to hang a banner for playing the season, right? Vanderbilt's going to hang a banner because they didn't finish in last. Like, no, that, that, that is a participation trophy being one of the 12 teams in the country that is eligible to participate in the playoff is by far not a participation trophy. You know, like, I agree. We, we hang banners at, at UF specifically. We hang banners for teams final that make it to the final four appearances. Right. And, and there's schools that hang banners for elite eight appearances. And while I may not agree with that specifically, I understand that it's not a participation. You've made it to an elite specific it is an accomplishment group of to make teams. those things. Like, like agreed, agreed. Yeah, it is an accomplishment to make those things. You're 100 percent correct. And and for people to say that that is quote unquote participation trophy culture, I completely disagree with. I understand the participation trophy culture and there's the, the dilemma oh, and all yeah. that stuff or whatever. I don't want to get too into that. But in the terms of the college football playoffs, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I disagree completely i agree it is it is worth a, a team like indiana who would have made it as the 11 seed last year that's huge for indiana to be able to put a banner up or to just be able to tell recruits like hey we literally competed for we're a playoff team we're a playoff team we are a playoff team we are one of the 12 best teams one of the 12 teams given an opportunity to win a national title in that given year i think that's gonna do wonders um now, i think another go ahead Dad. i will say there, there's an argument uh, not the same, not not the same quite thing, but I can't argue that you just got me thinking about it. That like one thing that is going to be unfortunate is that that you're going to sacrifice with this twelve team playoffs. That sometimes like, um, 
there's a beauty in small teams having a great season and ending with a great bowl win that ultimately doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything for playoff or anything like that. But they have a great bowl win, and um, that like Iowa State season last year was one of the best, probably the best Iowa State season they've had in decades. Capped off with I, a uh, yeah, think, think it was a, their best season ever. Tyler. I think it was like <laughs> I think it was cap, like not exaggerating with, with a New Year's Six bowl win against Oregon, which didn't, you know, get them as far like a playoff or anything, but that is a magical season. Um, and there's an element of that that feels like we're going to transition more to a basketball structure where really only one team is happy at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sucks because like, you know, it, it like March Madness provides a lot of those small storylines, but then they all, most of them end in heartbreak. Um, right. And we might start getting that in like, like, Indiana season was incredible. IOC season was incredible. And in this format, it will likely end in absolute heartbreak, not in a victorious bowl win, celebrate a great season. But then again, you like, I would sacrifice that for the chance to win it all. I was going to say, let me ask you, let me players would sacrifice that for the chance to win it all. So yeah. And and let me ask you a question. Would you rather be the 12 seed that upsets the five seed and then gets bounced by one of the uh, top four seeds that get a buy or would you rather be the 13 seed and win your bowl game because you'll probably you'll get invited bowl games are not going to go away we're going to lose some absolutely but... rather have a playoff win exactly <laughs> exactly like th- those are the kind of things where it's an opportunity and look here's the long-term game plan right i want you to tyler hoodies up third eye activated oh yeah all of those things i want us to think 10 years down the road And I want us to think about programs like UCF, programs like Cincinnati, programs like Houston, programs like Coastal, like App State, um, Boise State, you know? And if they can do a good job of entering the playoff, right? And making some noise, and maybe they don't win every, maybe maybe they don't don't win a single game against a Power Five opponent, but they take them down to the wire. And each year, the teams get better and better and better. And what they do is they end up recruiting. And I don't think that this is going to change in terms of like Alabama landing every recruit that they want. They can still do that. But what if someone is it's, deciding it's the between three stars, it, not only the three stars, but it's the four stars that are looking at playing time or, you know, all of those things. Let's, let's take, for example, right. Let's say, and let's make it close to home. A four star Florida recruit, a four star recruit from the state of Florida is deciding between the university of Florida Gators and the UCF golden Knights. And they're looking at their position and they say, mm, it's a little bit log jammed up in Gainesville, but I have a chance to start here immediately at UCF. It's not like they can go ahead and say, oh yeah, but Florida's the only the one that has a realistic shot at a national title. Under this system, UCF can no. get in easily. They win their conference and they they're are in. more than likely going to be, they're, they're more than likely going to be the top group of five team, you know, like let's be realistic. And then from there, they can just make a play, right? So I think those yeah. are kind of the bigger winners, those types of programs that I, may, are going to be able is, to land that uh, that like higher tier recruit that they kind of are reaching for now, but it can get a bit more comfortable. So yeah. I don't think that it's going to all of a sudden, Bama's not going to have the option of picking who they want. No, those are going to stay the same, but the opportunity for those smaller schools to go up is going to help both in recruiting and opportunities for play. And this is what we want. We just want teams to play football, right? And have the chance. I, I 100% agree with with that analysis because that's what I think is the, the way to make the sport at least a little bit more equal. You know, mm-hmm. It's college football. You're never going to get it very equal. Right. But like the way to push forward is not to – don't care about the top recruits because the top recruits are going to go to where they're – the powerhouses. That's that's what's going to happen. Yep. But it's the consistent low-level, you know – they would be background players, backups at a high level. They're good enough to play backups at Florida, or they could start at UCF. In the current model, you're right. I mean, unless you really just you you if you value playing time over the experience that you would have, like of playing for something that you could probably have at like Florida, then you would go to UCF. But I don't think a lot of college players generally. A lot of high school players don't want to think that because you got to remember that most high school players getting recruited, they're either the best team person on their team or they believe that they can make it work. Like, right. They, they believe right. that they can beat out anybody. And, and even good, then you need to have that mindset. But in this situation, you can go to, we can be a little bit more practical. You can go to UCF and you can still compete. 
and it not not be like a rage against the machine kind of thing as much right you know? right no i completely agree and i think that tyler what's the number one thing that recruits um what's the number one thing that recruits are looking for in a school like let's be like what's your guess honestly playing time is my, is my thing that playing that... time and it's playing time because they want to get to the league yeah Every every college football player, whether they think it's realistic or not, has a dream of getting to the NFL. You see players coming from group of five teams all the time. It's not that these teams aren't talented. It's that they're either misevaluated coming out of high school or they develop into something great, right? And mm-hmm. that is the thing. With more exposure, right, with more people caring about what's going on at that lower level of college football, because it's still Division One, it's just a tier a lower level than the, the power mm-hmm. five with what's going on there. You know, why would I go and be, why would I go and be third string at Clemson when I can be starting at app state and I can still have a legitimate shot at a playoff and, and, and exposure coaches, and being on national television. And coaches would also be more incentivized to stay at group of five teams. I mean like, Hey, Lance Leopold, you, I mean, Lance Leopold was hired at Kansas, right? He Did was I misremember hired at Kansas. That? Yeah, okay. No, you're correct. Yes. Yeah, I, I think if he could look back, he probably wouldn't have done that now. <laughs> here's a big here's an even better one, Tyler. Josh Heupel. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And on the flip you side, screwed, and on man. the on the flip side, Gus Malzahn. Congratulations, Gus Malzahn. Congrats. Yeah. You, this is this has he been gets, the summer at Gus. Um <laughs> Yeah. He gets out of Auburn out of that toxicness. They're paying him a boatload to do it, to get out of there. And he's living in Orlando, still coaching college football, and he's at one of the top group of five programs in the country. On the flip side, Tyler, bull take, hot take. Luke Fickle ain't going anywhere. No, he's not going anywhere. Why would Luke Fickle if they go get anywhere? Implanted in the next two years, I don't, I don't imagine that. Save for like the Ohio State job, or or he's, a literal gonna... godfather, an offer you can't refuse financially. Yeah, or, yeah, but like, like he's an Ohio State guy. Like, if the Ohio State job comes open for some reason, which I don't think it will, because Ryan Day is going to be there for a while, right. like it's going to take a lot. He, Luke Fickle's not going to jump at the first opportunity. I mean, freaking, I don't think Matt Campbell's going to be going anywhere t- anytime soon if this is what he if he can do this. Like, you know, you know who looks fantastic right now? Billy Napier for ooh. turning down all those SEC jobs. He's at a, he's in Louisiana. He can turn he can turn Louisiana into literally the Sun Belt, Alabama. Like that's not unrealistic. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's, those are all the great positive parts of this, where it's just giving not only cultural ball fans, but coaches and players and everyone involved in the sport, just something to look forward to. And the season's not going to end in October. You know what I mean? Games are going to matter so much more. There is an element of games matter so much. There's a worry People always talk about how like this devalues the regular season, and that can be true for a lot of teams in the sense that like, yeah, like losing one game isn't the end all be all as like it was before. But you know, there is a kind of an aspect of it's kind of nice to to not lose a game in September and and be like, well, <laughs> it's <laughs> over. Because like, I mean, I've been I'm in my own personal head, I've been taking Florida out of like preview. I've been taking Florida kind of out of consideration for like playoff spots this year because I'm like, we have to play Alabama. And so mm-hmm. let's even if we beat them, I just don't know if we'll be able to go the rest of the season without one without losing one or two more games. Like, well, well even- Alabama's almost a guaranteed loss. Again, I don't know what type of team this is, but that mm-hmm. just comes to the whole thing where it's just like it's amazing that that game means so much. But then for the rest of the year, I'm just kind of like, well, like, um, well, well, that's the thing where traditionally, what's the most important game on the schedule every year, regardless of everything else, Georgia, Georgia, like it's always Georgia because it has so many implications for the SEC East, which has implications for the championship game, which has implications to the national title picture. Now, God forbid, and I literally mean, God forbid that we lose to Georgia. Like this, the season's not a hundred percent over. You know what I mean? If we lose to Georgia this in 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 the traditional format in the format we have now, season's over in terms of you know the level that Dan Mullen has brought in the Gator Standard and all of that hoopla. But now it's not. There's still we still have a chance to compete for a national title, yeah. even though we may not compete for our conference, which is always the primary goal. Obviously, step one, you still have a chance to keep it alive. I'm, I guarantee you, Trask and Pitts and Tony 
and all those defensive players don't sit out the Cotton Bowl against Oklahoma if that is a game against Iowa State to see if you go on to the playoffs. Oh, 100% not. Like, it's playoff you know I mean? game. That's of course. Thing. For all these people out here who hate that people are sitting out, this is a great way to stop that from happening. <laughs> at least for the at least for the teams of that are in contention for the national you're, title. You're likely guaranteeing that the top 12 teams that year will not have any sit-outs. Correct. Because even if you lost, that's your last game of the season. That was a playoff game. You weren't going to sit out a playoff game. Unless right. if, you, if you sit out a playoff game, that is an actual red flag. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you don't want to win a game, national title. Care. Like if right. you sit out a playoff game, I actually do have uh, I have questions. <laughs> um, You're flagged on my draft board and not for a yeah. good reason. Um, no, and I also want to point out that it's not just the SEC and the Big Ten and the ACC that are going to benefit from this, right? When you go back, if this has been if this system was implemented from the beginning of the playoff era, so from 2014, Tyler, nine of the ten conferences would have had a representative at least one year. I'm sorry, Conference USA, and I think that's a little bit biased because I have a feeling that that Lane Kiffin FAU team would have made some noise, but I'm not going to go into that right now because we're talking about holistic theory and not individual mistakes. Nine out of 10 conferences <laughs> would have had representatives in this playoff system. Yeah. I had to do it, dude. I had to, I had to no, do no, it. No, no, I was, I, I, I appreciate it. Of course. But that's what I'm saying. That it, it benefits everyone. Everyone can have an opportunity. We could have seen that magical App State team make some noise like there's so many teams that could have had something you know what game gets a lot more important the 2019 iron bowl remember yeah. that game the bo nicks the good bo nicks showing and i tell you there's, oh, yeah. there's two oh, bo yeah. nicks there's a good bo nicks and a bad bo nicks that was peak good bo nicks that team could have would if uh, that auburn team was fighting for a theoretical would have been fighting for a theoretical playoff spot because they were, I think, 14 or something. They win that game. They take down Alabama. Alabama's guaranteed. They were going to the SEC title game anyway. No, that was the well, that was 2019 was the LSU year. So oh, because they, they took them out. Exactly. And, yeah. So and the, that was the, uh, Saban's first two loss years since uh, 2013. 2013. 13. It was 13 because there's yeah. But that's the but that's the point that that it's not that the rivalry game doesn't mean anything else. What happens, Tyler, when? And then for this analogy, I'm going to keep FSU in the same place they are, even though I think they're on the come up. Well, let's say Florida is – let's say, God forbid, we lose to Georgia um, and we lose to Alabama this year. But those are our only two losses, and we're in the mix for that like 8 to 11 section, right? Because they're two quality losses. You better not losses. be losing to Florida, Florida State. And we go up against a 4-7 and seven FSU team, and like FSU is going to come out and say, oh, we're not letting Florida go to the playoff. Uh-uh, we're not losing this recruiting battle. Absolutely not. That game has more stakes to it. Even though it's Florida, Florida State, it already has a lot of stakes. You know what I mean? Yeah, Everything is elevated. Stakes into it, like. Exactly. Everything is elevated. I, I don't really see much of a downside from that perspective. I do think it's going to be more competitive. You're involving more teams. And honestly, it's a lot of fun. And we get, we won't kind of I, briefly I, I like on it, it as a fan, uh, as a fan of watching games. I like it I as agree. a fan of watching. Because I'm also the guy, like, we. I love NCAA football, obviously. Like, mm -hmm. I love doing the matchups. I love. Of course. I like this but mm -hmm. i understand there's aspects of it that are that are bad for the sport or but it's not so much bad for the sport as they are they change the sport right um, correct and every sport goes through this and so i understand the because there's certain pageantry of the way things were that's really mm -hmm. nice but to be completely honest this is an this is an inevitable thing it's happening and i don't it's just a matter of how they were going to expand and when and i don't hate this way um i will say this will need to spark conversation to further the players getting paid thing or getting the ability to get themselves paid because you're basically asking the team that wins the national championship to play a professional schedule for yes, nothing and i that was going to be my and next one of the point biggest arguments one of the biggest arguments you've always had in college football and i wouldn't really completely buy into this but you can't dispute it is that they don't play the same number of games that professional players play like so that would be always your thing. Like they don't deserve to get paid because professional players play way more games. You don't have that argument now. Like you are asking them for your own enjoyment to, unless you lower the regular season and they ain't doing that. Um, you are, you are asking them to pay, to play a professional season for free. A Tyler, I, I, don't, a team? I don't, I don't like that. A team that would win the national title, or at least, or just play in the national title, 
that comes from the five to 12 seeds that doesn't have a buy would have to play 17 games. That's the 17 games schedule. regular season. Schedule. That's literally the current NFL re- regular season schedule. Exactly. So not only you're right, 100%. I think that this will spark those things. And I think that because the NCAA ain't dumb, ladies and gentlemen, the fact that they're releasing this information in the month of June in the midst of NCAA mm-hmm. hearings about NIL in Congress, literally as we speak about national and federal NIL rules um, says a lot that they're a trying to mask that mask that and cover it up and take the attention away. And B that maybe they are kind of, I don't want to say they're open to a method of having players get the ability to get paid. Like we have NIL laws on the books in Florida, Tyler back home, July 1st, my guy, those yeah. those laws take effect July first. It's a matter of what happens. What does the NCAA it is kind say? Of the bracing for the future because I think the NCAA has started to realize that they are losing that battle. Correct. Like, and not for anything that they've done or didn't do. They are losing it because of time. Mm-hmm. Like the right. slow march of time and people's opinions. But that's is... the NCAA's fault. Oh yeah, I agree. They should have seen this coming. Yeah. They should have And they it. should have put something in, they should implemented instead of forcing the federal government to say something and implement something that will force their hand. They're playing with fire and they're probably going to get burned because it seems that (laughs) college athletes being paid or at the very least being able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness is like the one bipartisan issue in Congress. (laughs) Like Republicans and Democrats, all of them are fine with this. So they might get pushed back a little bit too much by by kind of deferring and letting the government take care of it. The... um... You know the one group that gets that gets screwed on both sides of this, mm-hmm. both the the NIL thing and uh, of course the um, expansion. Mm-hmm. It's Notre Dame. <laughs> okay, so I'm so glad that you think on the same wavelength that I do because that was the next transition point. Let me emphasize <laughs> this real quick. I want to be full disclosure. I believe it to be complete and utter. And I will bleep that out, Tyler, in the editing. You will hear the beep, and I want it to be powerful. It is that Notre Dame is able to have an equal seat at the table than than the conferences. I think that is absurd. I think if you're going to do that, then you need to give one to BYU, who's also independent. You need to give one to the service academies that are also independent, and you need to give one to basically any other independent. And I thought there was another one in my head that I could think of, but I can't right now. You you got to give the same opportunity there if you're if you're catering. Well, I said service academies, so I figured oh, that yeah. kind of went under. But you see what I mean? That is completely and utterly unfair on every yeah. level. Not only that. But you have the Notre Dame athletic director as one of the four people that's coming up with playoff expansions. Now, with that being said, Notre Dame is putting themselves in a bit of a situation here. If you remember correctly, the four buys go to the top four conference champions. It is a prerequisite for you to win your conference in order to receive a buy, which parentheses is another reason why I think it makes the regular season games more important because yeah. if you're going, let's say it's Alabama and Georgia in the SEC title game and the winner can get a buy and the loser, yes, they host the home game and they're able to make all that money, but their players have to actually play a game. I'm sure the coaching staff would rather them get a buy, win the title, get a trophy. You can hang a banner and also play you one get a less buy. game. You get the same trophy. Exactly. And you get an extra trophy because you not only get the national title if you win it, but you get your conference. So um, that is a prerequisite for them to get a bye. So they are giving up a bye week, a potential bye. They can't get a top four seed. Right. They're they're giving that up to maintain their independence. Now, more than likely, if a Notre Dame team is eligible for the playoff, that means that they have one or two losses – and then you know that the way the committee is going to do this, they're probably going to be able to host a home game. So they will be able to get the revenue from the home game, but they will give up a buy. Do you, Tyler, and I want you to take your opinions of Notre Dame as well out of it. If you're in the situation, if you're in the shoes of the Notre Dame athletic director, would you give up your independence for a potential buy? Or are you willing to sacrifice that because you're still going to be involved in the playoff anyway? I mean, just 
that's it's a tough road to climb because like you're Notre Dame if you're good you're going to be involved in the playoff conversation correct but it's really about assessing if how close you are to winning it mm-hmm. um if it were up to me I would I mean this but this is like the way I think like I think they should consider joining a conference heavily because the deck is going to be stacked against the fact that they're independent and I think it should because they're not the independence is not being provided to they benefit, like you said earlier, from something from independence that BYU and the other independents don't. While on paper there's no real reason that they're any different. Like um, Right, because eighty years ago you had a coach that decided to make a movie and say win one for the Gipper. Like that's literally the reason why. Like let's not let's not yeah. kid ourselves here. That's the reason why. Um Yes, yeah, so I think that I don't think they should be afforded like a, a benefit of the doubt just because they're independent. Like I think they should have to join a conference. Um, they don't want to do that. That's fine. You could still win a national title in, in this way. It's just harder. So, and if you're the athletic director, it is your job to make everything, make it easier for your program to succeed. That's your mm-hmm. job. It's your whole point is Correct. to direct the athletics. Like you're supposed to put them in a position to succeed. So I think, that you should consider joining a conference. I don't know which one. You're technically kind of a part of the ACC. But I think your fans are more likely want well, you to be part of the Big Ten. Um, right. So and that, that's and th- this is the dilemma that they have. Yeah. Right. Because the, all their that's big the rivalries, all of their big rivalries, the ones that the fans care about, are in either the Big Ten or the Pac-12. And yeah. but yet they play the majority of their games in the ACC. Well, here's the thing. They they screwed themselves up one year last year. Well, here's the thing. They screwed themselves up because when they reached the agreement to join the ACC on all of their sports, with the exception of football, there's a clause in that contract, Tyler, that says if they want to join a conference to if they want to join a conference in football, the ACC has the first right of refusal. I'm telling you right now, the ACC is not going to refuse. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do Florida that. Florida State and, Miami and Tyler, keep messing if, everything up, so they're not going to refuse a good Notre Dame program. Of course. What if I also told you, Tyler, that you would actually make more money as a member of the ACC than you would as an independent? And you're eligible I mean, for a buy. That. I would believe that. It's a fact. These are actually these are numbers. Like It's true. Notre Dame is mm-hmm. maintaining their independence for this wholesale, holier-than-thou, no pun intended. It, not for a financial gain. They just want to be independent. Right, yeah, it's it's about principle and it's about integrity and all blah 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 blah. And I understand that and I respect that to an extent, but I think at this point they're actively hurting their competitive chances by remaining an independent when the upside is not only competitive, but and let's face it, it's what runs everything, at least in collegiate athletics, it's the money. They can make more yep. money joining the ACC. Now, I personally would try to strike a deal with the ACC where I'm a member of the ACC. I'll play the full thing, but then, you know, I'm going to still play Navy. I'm going to still play Michigan and I'm going to still play yeah. Stanford and I'm going to still play USC. That'd be the toughest schedule in the country. If that's, if, if but they, they would do it because do that. they care more about their tradition than they do about their chances of winning. Like, correct. Right. Correct. But, um, but if you never win, are you building any more tradition, especially when well, you're advertising yourself as you. Notre Dame? I agree with you because it is a, it is a factor things are the way they are until they just aren't like Notre Dame is a powerhouse mm-hmm. until you look up and it's been 20 years since they won anything. And kids that grow up don't think of it like that. Boise state is what it is because they were good and they kept being good. And the kids that grew up watching TV always have associated Boise state with being good. Like you and us, so now, that's you so and now, I, like, that's our generation. And, like that, that's a, that's a worry that I have with Florida that it's like, it's been a long time since Florida's really won anything. And if we don't, and then Dan Mullen's been very helpful in making Florida still a competitive top 10 program, which is very needed, but it's a certain aspect of like, if you don't win anything after a certain period of time, are you still that powerhouse? Cause like, well, that's what Texas is going through right now. Yeah. Texas, this Sark hire, I, I friend, I have friend of the future friend of the pod, uh, um, Texas Longhorn correspondent, my friend Kevin Borba. Um, Hello, Californian. <laughs> fellow, oh wow, you've abandoned your Floridian. No, no I, I'm a Florida or Floridian. Right. I will, I will I take that in, back, and I'm literally sir. in Florida Gators pajamas right now, <laughs> as God intended. Anyway, 
No, but Texas is hoping that Sark is their Mullen, where he at, the, at a minimum brings them back to top 10 relevancy at a minimum. Yeah. You know, they want to like, compete for championships as we do. But, uh, you know, you feel me? Absolutely. I mean, like, I don't want to. It's hard to win a championship when Nick Saban's in your conference. And by by extension, <laughs> Lincoln Riley also. Um, yeah. But yeah, True. I mean, the yes it, it that and then it works the other way too because like guess what clemson wasn't what they are right now at any point in their history but kids are growing up this is the way this is what clemson is right. and if if right. they don't have if they continue on this trend this will just be what they are default like mm-hmm. alabama is what they are when nick saban retires you know in 2079 um when nick saban retires alabama will still get the oh but it's alabama Mm-hmm. Even though the chief architect of that success will not be there anymore, they will right. still get that. So um, that's that's the thing that Notre Dame's kind of dealing with is that like I think Notre Dame, big brain, if you want to stay what you are, you need to do everything in your power to, to win a national title because you're so close. You're missing some things, and this might be able to help you get that. So yep. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, Yeah. I didn't so mean for this I, I to be close... trash Notre Dame, no. but then again, I also did. Um... Well, I mean, I, I, I definitely did, but um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted, but I did want that perspective because I think it's important that this is the first domino, in my opinion, this is the first domino to fall in what we are going to come to know and what I'm going to dub right now as the new college football where we're moving forward in a way where like we're putting importance on performances on the field and not necessarily name brand reputation. We're allowing for teams to, to compete, right? We're opening it up a bit more. I don't think 12 is the last stop. I do think that we'll expand a bit more. I don't know what the right number is, question mark. I don't. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one because it's not basketball. Like, correct. But at the same time, I know it's going to keep going. You want to know why, Tyler? Because there's a whole lot of money to be made. And that's what's going to happen. Now, a consequence of that is that we're going to allow for teams to compete a bit more. We're seeing this potential NIL stuff that's going to go forward. Maybe one day we pay the players. Maybe we get these programs that are going to become powerhouses later on. And that's another thing that I love about this entire uh, situation. Like you said, Clemson. Clemson wasn't relevant nationally until Dabo got there. And it took years of happening. Tyler, Clemsoning was a thing. Yeah, it's not anymore, but it was a thing. I want the youth of America to, to know that Clemsoning was a thing. What, what is Clemsoning? Clemsoning is blowing the game in the fourth quarter when you should have won the game. That was Clemsoning. And it was, was an Clemsoning. earned title. Like, oh, yeah, because it, was, it wasn't it a was one-time earned. thing. It happened multiple yeah. times. And, they, they, and like that was true until it just wasn't. Like, right, exactly. And I feel like that's what I'm talking about, the new college football, where – Kids are going to go, oh, yeah, Clemson, of course. And then they look in the history book and they're like, wait a minute. They weren't relevant until 2011? It's like, yeah, dude, we've been trying to tell you this stuff. I remember telling my, like, my, my roommate, my old roommate back in college once, I was like, yeah, Nebraska was like a powerhouse in the 90s. Like, he's like, no, they're yeah, not. And like, I was just like, no, Nebraska was like the it of college football for a good Nebraska period of time. Nebraska was Alabama. Yeah. And Nebraska he was, just like, was I don't, Alabama. I don't it. It was like, yeah, because like that was before we were born. <laughs> um, <laughs> literally. Like, yeah, literally. And, and It's insane. It's it, it's all about what you know, and, and and these things change over time. And again, mm. this could be great for Scott Frost, Nebraska. This whole thing, right? Um, you know I, I wanna, is, uh, Go ahead. No, no, after you, because I want to move on. You know what is? You know who this is? This expansion is good for the Pac-12. It is. Um, it's very good for buddy, the Pac-12. I live in LA now. If USC gets to host a playoff game in the next two years, my ass will be in that stadium. <laughs> Tyler, I'll I'll sell a kid. Florida better come you. to play USC. Like, where's my, where's my, the, you know, the TikTok with the card. <laughs> Give me the, that's me. That's me. With, yeah. with, I get Take to, I get to fly out, crash with you for a weekend. We go see Florida USC in a playoff game at the Coliseum. Get out. I, th- name your price. Name your price. NCAA. I'll pay anything. Name I'll your pay price. Anything. I have like no money, but I'll pay it. Like, Okay, but but speaking of majestic football games in in Southern California, the last aspect of this, Tyler, is the Bulls. Now, with more teams in the playoff, we're going to lose some of the lower tier Bulls. I may never get to see the beautiful Fenway Bowl that I wanted last year. 
I don't think I'm going to see that. I think that's going to be scrapped and thrown to the yeah. wayside, which is, in my opinion, fine because I think we have too many bowls at the moment, but that's a whole different podcast episode. Um, but I think that this changes it. Now, the way that it's currently constructed, what they propose right now, is that the quarterfinals will take place on January 1st or 2nd. Now, they don't mention if those games are going to be bowl games. They don't mention if those games are going to be on college campuses. But if I was a betting man, I would say that they were going to incorporate the New Year's Six Bowl games as the quarterfinals. And I think that's an intelligent thing to do. With the exception that I personally would like for the first round to be on campus, the quarterfinals to also be on campus, make those the two weeks after the conference championship game. And then, Tyler, we keep the exact same rotation of New Year's Six games where they continue to rotate. You continue to host semifinals because they're four teams. You keep the same system you already have. You just make two weekends of money and generating for these college campuses and these cities. Tyler, oh my gosh, could you imagine Midtown the weekend of a playoff game? The amount of money that is made. No, like seriously, like it'll it'll set the gentrification of Gainesville back at least 20 years. I I thank God. Thank God. Thank God. I'm not here for any of that. (laughs) We are breaking into we are breaking into the husk of old Leonardo's pizza and we are throwing a ranger. Leo's Leo's by the slice would not have closed if we had this 10 years ago. Change my mind. You can't. You can't. Thank you. But that's my point where these local economies are going to be able to get the money. And that's going to be true in the first round, of course. But why is Even it more so? But I think it's I do think and I can't believe I'm siding with Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and these mega powers. But I do think it's a bit unfair for them not to be able to generate revenue from like it, being if you're good. Fan, like, if you're a fan or you're an athletic director, you want the five seed. Like, of course, because and, and if you're if you are the you're if you're an sec if you're an sec team you're just like well we're not getting the five seed like mm-hmm. if, if you win right. your jump championship in the sec you're not getting the five seed um and yeah it kind of hates that oh uh, but like you want to fight yeah, i do as well you, like i would love i would I love for the gators to go on a like, i would love for the gators to go on a historic season we get like the two seed or something we win the sec we whatever and then i can't see that team in the swamp in a playoff game just because we were too good during the season? No, that makes no sense. That makes no yeah. sense. I think they should make it round one and round two on campuses, semifinals, and then you keep literally keep the exact same semifinal and final structure. Like you don't have to yeah. you don't have to change it. That's part of the benefit where the bowls can still stay or, happy, all that stuff. Or you could do on and off where you still do round two in the bowls, but round three, the, the semifinals, you then you go to college campuses. Like you know, home, bowl game, home, bowl game. Like, mm, I don't know if I like that that I, much. They wouldn't do because, that. But I yeah. Just like, uh, they would not do that because, like, well, I mean, if I, in a perfect world, all the games are on campus except for the national title game. I would agree with that, but they're not going to do that because, no, I mean, like, and there's a small, a very small part of me. I would only be okay with that if they play the, the national championship at the Rose Bowl every year. So I'm so I not only, I heard that on a podcast and I, I've heard like four of the past two days. So I can't really say which one. And I, it's either the Annie Staple show, the verbal. It's like one of four. Matter, someone, matter, matter. someone said, put them all on co- on college campuses and make the Rose Bowl the national title game every year. The, the NC um, that may be a little selfish of me because I live ten minutes away from the Rose Bowl. <laughs> not only that, not only selfish from you, but it is it is like the most historic thing. That it's we the have college football college stadium. Football. It's the it's college the football stadium. Yeah, like, it's it. Exactly. Like the reason we have the New Year's Six being so convoluted is because the Rose Bowl said we're not moving from New Year's Day and we're not moving from a 530 Eastern kickoff time because we need the third quarter. We need the third quarter to have the beautiful sunset because that's what we have. And it's true. And it's fantastic. So cool for a national title game. Come on. It'd be beautiful. Anyway, so those are the things that that are kind of in there in in that new 12 team. It would help revitalize the Pac-12 because you're playing the national championship on this side of the country every year. It would. It would make it more relevant. So that's that's how I feel. Um, I do think there's one more thing. I'm sorry. There's one more thing to say. Uh, I did miss something, and I think it's important. There we go. Um, The working – here we go. The working group's charge did not include deciding which bowls might be a part of the college football playoff in the future. I'm going to put a Sergio parentheses there. I have a strong feeling it's going to stay the New Year's Six games. 
However, the group did what? recommend that if tra- <laughs> the group did recommend that if traditional bowls host games, i.e., the rose, the sugar, the orange, and the cotton, those are the traditional bowls. Teams would be assigned to their traditional bowls for quarterfinal games with priority going to the higher seeded team. Meaning, Tyler, that the Gators would more than likely, in this situation, always play their quarterfinal at the Sugar Bowl because that is an SEC tie game. And the Big Pac-12 and the Big Ten teams would play theirs at the Rose Bowl because that's a traditional tie-in. I'm not as much of a fan of that simply because I don't, I don't like that it's only one destination. Listen, never been to New Orleans. Hope to go there soon within a, within a couple of years. And I'm sure it's a beautiful place and a great time to party. But as a fan, or even as a player, right, if you're making the multiple years, you want to go to different spots around the country. You know? I got to be honest. One of my favorite things about the playoff system that we just came from or we're, we're mm-hmm. currently in and we're moving away right. from, one of the things that I will say that I loved is the fact that the – the, the New Year's Six bowl structure did create bowl matchups that we would never have seen otherwise. Correct. Oklahoma Georgia at the Rose Bowl was a game we would never have seen. Like, yeah. And I'm sitting here and I'm just like, Florida will never play at a Rose Bowl if it's not a playoff game. Correct. It's never going to happen, and that's okay. You know, I didn't. Exp- you know, I'm okay with that if that if it, if it never happens. But it is a matter of. I like the idea that the highest seed then gets to choose what bowl they want to play at and down the list from there. Like, So it says – so the last part of that sentence is with priority going to the higher seeded team. But here's the thing, priority. Okay. Not, not necessarily – like contracts are going to trump that priority thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's because like, even then, the like Alabama the can say, seed, well, we're still playing at the Sugar Bowl. They're not going to let us not play at the Sugar Bowl. And exactly. then if there's a second SEC team that's, you know, number two, this wouldn't happen. Exactly. But then they would get to pick whatever they want. But exactly. Because Florida is right. locked into the Sugar Bowl. Exactly. And, and from a financial sucks. standpoint, it makes sense. It's much easier to go from Gainesville to New Orleans than it is from Gainesville yeah. to Los Angeles. But still, you know, still. All right, Tyler, I think we I think we got it all, my guy. I, I think, think we got it all. It. Anything else that you want to want to bring up about the playoff? I mean, this has just gotten me so excited um, thinking about it because I really do like this setup now that it's been explained and like talked about. Oh, wait. Oh, hold on. Sorry. I I forgot to mention this one take place immediately. People are like, oh, when is it going to happen? Sorry. Yeah, (laughs) forgot about Um, that. At the earliest, it would be 2023. So for sure, this season is going to be the same four teams that we're going to see the same ESPN who's in graphics starting in September. Same thing next season with 2022. At the earliest, it could be 2023. But the contract for the four-team playoff with ESPN and with whatever and the Bulls and all that contract expires in 2025. So they would have to break that lease, pay pay out, pay stuff to companies, pay stuff to media broadcasters, to conferences, to Bulls, all that stuff if they want to implement it a bit earlier. But... Wouldn't it be crazy and wouldn't it be like really smart planning if in 2023 when, oh, I don't know, there was like a new video game that had to do with college football was coming out. And then they also made the change to their 12, 12 team playoff structure so that they could maximize all those profits. Hmm. What, what do you think? Would that be a possibility, Tyler? No, that makes too much sense. No, makes too much sense. So. So, yeah, so that's. Yeah. um that is uh, when it will be. So I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but I realized that we no, didn't say that. No, I mean, like, that was that. an important part. Um, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not immediate, but that's pretty close, like, if it, if it mm-hmm. were to happen like that, which makes me think that it will happen like that. Um, yeah, that's how I feel. Because, yeah, they'll have to pay some money to break that contract, but it's going to be worth it for all the money that um, – just because this is it's the way coaching contracts work. You never actually wait till the contract's up and then extend it or then sign Correct. a new one. You sign it like Correct. with the last year or two left. Like Yes. This I is the standard agree. operating procedure in my opinion. Um yes. we're getting it. Um it just better be in the new video game so I don't have to mod or like buy a stupid Reddit <laughs> thing. Like and Hey, listen, I've been playing it for the past few months. I love it. It's great. I, I, love, I love college football revamped and I just can't wait for the new game. Um, but the one thing I haven't figured out is how to put a playoff in there. I know you can do it. You have to do it separately. Like, okay. and it, it, it right. bothers me because um, if that's the case, I'll just, instead of, I won't put a 14 playoff. I'll put the 12 team playoff and I'll just start playing it. 
I'll just start playing it like it is now <laughs> or like it's going to be. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right, Tyler. I guess that's it about the playoffs. Um, yeah. This has been a nice little special episode, you know, nice little little playoff breakdown. Absolutely. It's good to be back. Um, it is. Not quite to season five just yet, but we're getting there. We're setting up in our new new situations. Uh, mm-hmm. Sergio, Sergio just started a job recently. He's an employed mm-hmm. man. Yes, I am. Can't I am speak employed. Too much about it, I, I am employed. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't I just, say that I am employed, though. I can't say. Can't confirm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, just living life. I, this this news came around at the right time for me, just because like, um, it, you know, it's been a while since anything college football really happened, and I was just right. like, oh, something new to talk about. Also, in the mail recently, got my Athlon um from one of Sergio de la Espreya. um yes 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 much appreciated because it is a of course so Florida player um which... <laughs> so so the thing the thing about the Athlons is that the Athlons have regional covers so if you were to buy an Athlon out in LA which I'm sure you can it would have a US USC and UCLA players on the front and I was like, my guy just moved out to California. Like, nah. I get it. He's all SoCal, whatever. But he's a Floridian. No, I'm going to send yet. him. So I, I went and I was home for a week uh, visiting family. And I was like, I got to take advantage. Not only do I want to get the Athlon for myself, <laughs> but let me also buy one for Tyler and send it over as a little housewarming gift. So that's what happened there. You have yeah, Florida players on the cover. You're welcome. And speaking of the Athlon, Tyler, we may or may not be doing some kind of Athlon-centric episode before we officially hit to Season 5. So keep an yeah. eye out for that, uh, listeners. And uh, yeah, Tyler, I think that's it, my guy. Any last thing you want to say before we take off? No, I mean, just uh, enjoying the new era that we're, we're going into. Excited for the new season of college football to start up. I'm going to need it. Um football games noon games are gonna start around nine here it's gonna be weird like um, that's that's really strange i'm really strange because i'm gonna love to have like my breakfast food like you know well well, then let me ask you let me ask you a question then are you just not gonna watch game day now it's gonna be tough because i mean that's like waking up at five in the morning like i know you know when they do game day and like the way they did game day at washington state it was like five o'clock local time that they started Oh, because no, all the, they always do it local. Like they always do it 9 a.m. Eastern. So regardless of where they are in the country, they like yeah. shift whatever time. I guess. I mean, I'm definitely probably going to catch the last part of game day, but I, I probably won't watch mm-hmm. all of it because that's that's tough. I mean, if it's a, if it's at Florida, I absolutely will. But like, I don't know, man. How do you think about that? Like. Well, you, got all, all, you got a few months. You got a few months to think about it. I got a few months to think about it. I'm excited, though. I'm excited. <laughs> um, yeah. Good. And, you good, know, good, good, I, I mean, I, I could go I could go to grab a – now it's weird because the sports climate here is way more relaxed. I'm not – you know, I'm not really prepared for that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, because I'm just like, oh, let's go to, like, a brunch and, like, like let's watch the Gators for brunch with a bunch of my Florida friends that also live out here. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, there's probably going to be no place that has that. Like – yeah, like it's not really as intense. You are right. Yeah. It's more chill sports culture, right? So, all right. Well, it is I mean, what it is, just, but hey, just I'm gotta, so glad gotta, for you to experience it. I'm so glad for you to yeah. do that. And hopefully... I mean, I, hope, I really like... Well, on my bucket list while I'm out here in LA is I really want to go see a, uh, um, a soccer game. Like, I really mm-hmm. want to go see a soccer game. That'd be fun. LAFC would be a good uh, good place to go to. And I think, Tyler, that when I come visit you, don't know when it will be, but I will. I will come out. Yeah. We should uh, we should try to time it for either this fall or the following fall so that we can go to an LAFC game and then we can also watch a bunch of college football because I think that would be great because I think that'd be fantastic. That. You know, hey, so- Sergio, why are you flying out to L.A.? I'm literally flying to L.A. to sit on a couch and watch college football with my best friend. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it, in my opinion. Um, you'll be more than welcome. I agree. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think I think the three cats that live at this apartment will will, will like you. Um, you're not allergic I'd to cats, to are you? It. I am not allergic to cats. OK, it's good to know. But even if I was, no, I would bring some medicine 
and deal yeah, with it. Yeah, no, we got three <laughs> that live here now. I was used to living with one, and I was just like, yeah, like if you if you like are allergic to cats, just don't go anywhere near my apartment. Like, <laughs> oh. oh man, I'm gonna get all them right. all. I'm gonna get them all Florida gear. I love um, it. I love that. Right. I love. I should do that with my my they're, dad's dog. They're gonna I hate do it. With my dad's dog. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. But, all right. Well, enough of the pets and the pet decorations. Tyler, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it was nice for us to be back on where we belong. Feels good. This feels right. Like it does feel right. And like you said, it's not quite season five yet. We will get there. Um, maybe we have a couple other episodes before we officially introduce season five. And I promise you, listeners, you will know when it is season five. Um, with all that being said, Tyler, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but go Gators. Go Gators. <laughs>